Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I keep breaking my promises that I'm not going to podcast a lot for a while. (laughs) It's just so weird. Last night was one of the one nights in the year that I slept through the night, I guess. (laughs) I woke up and I could see like the the sun kind of coming through the sides of my shade by my window. I don't sleep through the night very much. I don't know why. Um I I feel like I I get plenty of sleep. Like I I I don't feel like I'm sleep deprived whatsoever, but I I wake up quite a bit. And um and mostly like with ideas and this morning was no 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 different I woke up with all of these ideas going on in my head and I woke up thinking about waking up with my life more as I would like it to be I guess and that is that I would like I would like to be more money to be flowing toward me regarding my writing. And so I um I was laying there and I was thinking about ways to promote my book, my books. Uh and I mean this is one thing about me is I, I never sold the Girl Scout cookies. It's a joke with my mother. Um, she thought that I should sell the Girl Scout cookies. I should walk door to door and ask people if they would like to buy Girl Scout cookies. And, my, and it was not my thing back then, and it still is not my thing. I'm not a door-to-door salesman. It's just not my personality. Okay. <laughs> And so, what do you do? <laughs> well, in some circumstances, you pass it over to somebody else to sell your products. You know, you're, you don't have to sell them because somebody else is perfectly willing to sell them. And in my case, possibly a publisher, um, which I've already gone down that route. I'm not to say that I, that I sent you a whole, whole, whole lot of publishers, but I sent to ones that I was inspired to send to. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm, I'm just having formulating all these thoughts. <laughs> my God, just as I'm talking, oh my God, that I, I've been trying to figure out. Um, there's, there's these problems um, that I that come up for me where, and then now I've realized that I can't copy and paste even out of blurb book, right? So these, these, these like self-publishing outfits are kind of, kind of bratty in a way. (laughs) And they allow you to, well, you can download. So I could, I could write a manuscript um, send it to somebody to format, somebody to edit, somebody to make my cover, and then p- 
put a PDF into Blurb and then they would sell the finished copy of the book. Or you can write it in Blurb and and publish the they would print your book. So it's kind of print on demand kind of thing. But um, before, I was able to write in blurb and copy and paste into a manuscript, but now they're not letting me do that. And they would not let you write it like in Word and then copy and paste it into blurb. They won't let you do that. <clears throat> so there's like all these rules. But then I was thinking, I just now had this thought that I could scan page by page my book that I have published in blurb into oh but actually it would it would publish it in a um it won't do it in word it would publish it in like a, a adobe or pdf and that might be okay um but one of the things that bothers me is my books still always have have mistakes in them it just drives me crazy. <clears throat> like, you know, I, I do like the weirdest stuff. Like, I, I, when, I, when I write stuff, like, I write love instead of live. Like, I, I make a lot of, like, errors, you know, or I, I life instead of live or, you know, just these weird, um, I guess, just pressing the wrong button or my spelling which is, my spelling is pretty atrocious, but I have to um, work on it. But, like, I have to have my my Google readily available. But anyway, this is all just leading to something. So I'm, I'm laying there and I'm, I'm thinking about book covers. (laughs) And I found this, um, this book cover that I kind of like, and I was like, hmm, and um because i'm i'm trying to figure out what i want it to look like and i have this habit well i enjoy this i enjoy doing this but i on the on my books i've been using quotes from my favorite band on the back of my covers and there's this quote that i want to use on this book from my favorite band. And it's basically the the idea that that I have would have answers for anyone. Like having answers for anyone. Like like I I think that that is something that people appear to find missing in me. Well, there's a couple things, but, and I actually want to talk about the other thing as well, but, um, but right now I'm going to stay on the topic of just having answers for them because I have people ask me point blank questions sometimes and I cannot make the decision for them. I I won't. It's not my decision. And I think sometimes people want to hand off 
their dilemmas, their challenges, whatever it is, they want to hand it off and they want you to tell them exactly what to do. What do I do? I don't know what to do. Hey, I was just I was just reminded of I was with this this young person that I was telling you all about the other day that I went to visit. I am really enjoying my visits with her. She is absolutely precious. She's just like the sweetest soul. Like and then her little baby is so sweet. Um and she had received a a a message from someone and she was panicking and she was saying to me this can't be right <clears throat> this is there's just no way this is right <clears throat> and she goes what do i do and i said <laughs> and i said well i said i would send a text asking for clarification like you don't quite understand what this is saying like this doesn't seem right and then she did what I told her to do and then immediately the person had sent back a correction yeah you're right I didn't mean to write that (laughs) so funny but normally I you know in a situation like that sometimes I you know I was thinking my daughter was asking me for advice yesterday it's like mom what do I do um so there's times where I may I may give them options, you know. I mean, it's always their choice. It's always their choice. But I think that sometimes, you know, and in the field that I'm in, which is I guess some kind of self-help, um you know, it, it's like I think one of the problems that I'm having with with selling is the fact that I'm 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 not forceful enough and I'm it's like I I got no answers for you. Like but I also I know that like in my in my thrival guide, my second book, I know that these that these steps work because I did them. Because these are the steps. This is what I did to have a better life. And so you want to know how I have a better life? Because I've actually had people over the last three years stop me. Like, what did you do? But it's mostly been (laughs) about my physical appearance. Because my physical appearance has changed a lot. And so they're asking, like, like, what did you do to, like, look like that, I guess? Which, which in all actuality, it's like, it's not necessarily so much what is on the outside, what you're seeing. I changed everything about my life. Everything. And so, and so it's like, you know, and it was really funny because... I, I, so I was sitting with a friend and another friend came up and asked me and then my friend was saying, oh yeah, whatever she says, it doesn't work. So that's what she said to the friend. 
because I may have said something about everything is based on our beliefs or something. I don't remember exactly what I said, but um, she just dismissed, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm proof that it does work. It doesn't work because you haven't tried it. <laughs> so this morning I was thinking about how there was this TikTok person that um, I'm not going to mention names, but which was habitually putting TikToks on and seemed incredibly unhappy to me. This person just seemed unhappy. Um, which would make you very, very fearful of ever being TikTok famous, honestly, because all the people that I know that have become TikTok famous, minus the one that has 10 million, she seems perfectly happy. Um, <laughs> um, they seem dreadfully unhappy to me. Like a lot of times, like what makes a person TikTok famous is misery and sadness, and suicide, and divorce, and, um, like, it, it just, it's kind of mind-blowing to me, but, um, but, so I asked for his address, I actually sent him a, a direct message, and I asked for his address, his address, and I sent him my book, and my workbook, and then I heard nothing, I've heard nothing. And I'm guessing that he, he didn't take the time to read it or do my workbook. But what's happening now is, is that I'm having a lot of fun because some of my clients are using these skills and their lives are getting better. Their lives are improving. And so I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, the things that I talk about in my book so so it's so so you kind of say like well what do you have to sell you know and I I I have I have an idea but I know that it's not singular idea to me I know that these principles are already you know there's better theorists than I am that are espousing them. You know, people who are further along in the process and, and all of that. But I just like it. I just like ideas and I have so enjoyed using my life as the experiment. Not always. I mean, I mean, one of the challenges has been, you know, just a pretty consistent flow of actual failure. It's like I fail and fail and fail at this thing over and over again. Um, and, and, you know, and so, like, how do I expose an idea that is not fully baked, I guess? are fully mastered by me. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so I got two different things going on because like the first thing is just my story. 
So I got a book about my story, and then the second one is, and I, you know, a way, a path. I mean, I think there are many paths. There are many paths. They're like, you don't have to follow the same path to get to the destination. I mean, something's going to resonate with one person and not resonate with another. However, I will say, I mean, I'm going to talk about Abraham Hicks right now. She would say that that there is a law, that this is a law of the, it's a universal law that we ask, we are, we are continuously asking because life causes us to ask. That is a direct quote from her, from them. Life causes us to ask. We, we can't stop asking even if we wanted to. So life causes us to ask and then it is always given. Whatever it is we've asked for is always given. She says we can be, do, or have whatever it is that we want. Whatever it is. There's nothing that's impossible. We can be, do, or have whatever it is. You know, and, and, you know, and I mean, even that, you know, I just kind of laugh. So I want to be in China this second. Bam. Bam. <laughs> I'm just kind of being facetious, but I do understand the, the, like, um, the complexities of this statement, you know, that I'm probably not going to, I want to play in the Boston Symphony. You know, I'm probably not going to play in the Boston Symphony in this lifetime. Probably not. I mean, even if I got practicing like crazy, I still wouldn't make the Boston Symphony probably in this lifetime. But I might enjoy the process of of practicing for it and I might and I might make a different symphony <clears throat> so like so sometimes I, I I I some things appear like truly like so improbable like anything is possible but I think there's a lot of things that are improbable. Improbable. So, um, I don't know, based on our propensities and just, I don't know. But, and uh, I don't really know what I'm talking about clearly, but I'm just saying these are the things that come to mind for me every time I hear her say that. I have this vision of a of a ballerina. Well, I want to be a world-renowned ballerina, you know, and I mean, frankly, you have to have like a certain body type to be a world-renowned. So a person who like weighs 250 pounds is probably not going to be a ballerina. I mean, she might be able to take ballet classes and and learn ballet. I'm not saying she can't learn ballet. I'm just saying she may not be on the stage 
you know, and this, this sounds so mean. It sounds so mean, but I mean, I say this even for, you know, my own, like, like practice in, in, in like just being a violinist. I wasn't going to be a virtuoso. I just, I honestly just didn't love it enough. Because, you know, my mother and I had this argument for years. We had an argument about about something being fun. Basically, whatever we want to do isn't going to be fun. It's going to be hard work. Hard work. Really, really, really hard. <laughs> you know? And at 12 years old, I'm, in my mind, I was thinking... You know, I certainly don't want to do hard, hard things. I, I want to go have fun. I want to have fun. And I begged to say, and so for years, we would go to the symphony together and I would look and I would say, you know, when we were watching Joshua Bell play, I say, you know, he looks like he's having a whole lot of fun, mom. Isaac Perlman. I've seen Isaac Perlman play. Swear to God, that guy. He played something, and I cried through the whole thing. I cried a lot in that he was so amazing. Isaac Perlman. He's a world-renowned violinist. But anyway, um, and so my mother and I had this this long-standing argument about it because... To be honest, yes, it is. It is constant. But there has to be a whole lot of enjoyment in the process of doing it for these people who are really good at something. Because they do it because they love it. There's no other option for them. They are possessed by it. When they, when they start to play, they are channeling. They're just channeling beauty. And they can't they can't help it. It's like a compulsion. It's a a drive. It's you know, and even in days that are not going so well, it's like they get back up on the horse because they love it. There is no other option for them. And so it sort of is like like me in the process of learning this but honestly over the last few days I've had like this realization this realization that it is in the basking and sitting in the energy and the love which I believe God the universe love there's nothing else that compares There's nothing else that compares and you sort of have to close your eyes to get in that space in a way. Out of of the desire for because when your eyes are open you're looking around at and we search for things in our environment to give us that feeling and only that can give us that feeling. 
which is the connection that, you know, Abraham Hicks calls it like, like, like locking in, like plugging in, like, like a vacuum cleaner, like you have to plug in the vacuum cleaner in order to have the power. We, we plug into the power of that which created everything. And so yesterday I was, I was driving along cause I, I've been sharing like my financial situation had, had like, I've done like a lot of amazing things this year, like a lot. And, um, and I mean, I, little I, I know, you know, co-creation, but actually that even cracks me up because David Hawkins says there's no co-creation. It's only creation and it's only God creating. Um, and so when Abraham X says co-creation us and source, yeah, anyway, apples, oranges, I don't know what the hell, but why do I digress like this? But, um, I, I was driving along yesterday because I'm, I'm, I'm having to really watch my finances right now because I'm, I'm getting the second phase of my teeth done and I'm, I've been paying cash for that. I'm not really sure if that's the right thing for me to do because I keep getting these like, you know, I could make payments, but I don't, I don't know that I really want to do that. And I believe that I will, my, my, my savings account will increase, right? That's my, my belief. That's what had been happening. I'd have these goals and I was making, meeting them. Not I, little I. Money was just flowing to me in these really weird ways. Like, okay. And then I was socking all that money away, putting it into my savings account. And so, and so I believe that that can happen again. That, you know, and so, but in the meantime, I, I was driving along and I was really worried. I, I was really worried. I don't know how else to describe it, but I was very concerned about um, being able to, like, even buy groceries. Like, I was just, and I was driving, I'm like, and how do I find myself in this situation again? So I'm, I'm like, trying to find better feeling thoughts, you know, and I'm, because yesterday, I mean, I was, I got my paid yesterday and I'm tired of living like this and I would this is these are the thoughts that are going through my mind like I don't want to live for paydays and then I'm living for the next payday right now because this payday like um uh <laughs> was um I'm having to pay extra because I'm making payments on on this thing I, I don't know I just like because I Instead of buying my ticket to my last thing, I did this thing where I made three payments on it uh, over three months. No problem, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm just, I'm, I mean, like, honestly, these are just all the thoughts that are going through my head. And I'm, and I'm, and I, and I was like, okay, you know, I just got to get off of it. I just got to get my mind off this. Okay, so I get home and I'm, and I'm, I'm finishing up my work. I had some stuff that I had to do yesterday. And then I, I flexed time out because I, 
I have to do that because I'm only allowed to work 40 hours a week. So I flex like three hours out yesterday. I worked five hours. I get this stuff done and I turn everything off for my work. I just turned it off. Then I'm in the kitchen and I'm and I'm making some lunch and ding, I get a phone call and I answer it because it's from a certain place that I've been having all of these interviews and this is going to be the second part of what I want to talk about. Okay, so I get this this um uh phone call and you know, it's from the same company. Hello, this is such and such from the same company. Our supervisory team really wants to talk to you about this position. Um, basically, when can we set up an interview with you? <laughs> and it's the same company. This is the same company that I had three interviews with like two weeks ago. So I didn't have one last week. And I didn't have one this week, but like the week before I had three interviews with them. And it was so weird because the Monday after, and I was also hearing from their HR department. So I'm hearing from their HR department. They did this background check on me, which was cleared. And supposedly they checked my references, but, um, and I get this phone call on Monday morning um, saying, I'd really like to hear, you know, it'll be great to hear from you. That does not sound like we don't want to hire you, right? So I get back almost immediately. I couldn't answer the phone because I was in a meeting. I get back almost immediately, don't hear anything. I get back on Wednesday, I don't hear anything. And I'm like, this is so weird. So then last week, this week, I also, I heard, oh, actually, I remembered that I, this other person, because they told me this was going to happen, that other, that other locations were going to be calling me. They actually warned me about this in the interview. And, and so they warned me about two things, but this was one of them. And so I ended up calling her and set up a, an interview. So next week I have two interviews for the same company and it's a different type of position it's it would be clinical I would be working in a clinic which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing like I you know I don't even know I I want to ask him how many clients I would be seeing every day um and I would be seeing children adults um families um which I feel comfortable with all three of those I'm very excited about, you know, I was thinking it would be so cool to have an office. Oh, my God. I've, I've never really had an office. Like, I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, I could decorate an office. That'd be cool. Um, but anyway, and so I, um, and so I thought that was so bizarre. Because, I mean, conceivably, I will be making more money. Like, quite a bit more money than I'm making right now. And that, and I, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about how I come off. I love that term. You come off as blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I've been wondering how I come off because I've been called things in the past. Uh, and 
because every single one of these interviews I have been on. I've been on, I've been very optimistic, I've been honest, I've been, I feel like I'm answering the questions right, I'm using the right terminology, I'm, I'm just on, I can just feel it within myself. And so the fact that I'm not getting these positions makes me wonder. And this has been an issue throughout my life, that I come off a certain way uh, I don't know, like maybe flighty or maybe, maybe like I was called, um, she seems a bit dingy. That was what I was called not that long ago. One of my mom's friends had told her that I seemed very dingy. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Um, unintelligent or I don't know, uh, like not flighty. Like, that's another term that comes to mind for me, that perhaps I'm being perceived as flighty. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm none of those things. I'm none of them. It's like I, I come off this way because I'm, I'm generally pretty, a pretty happy person. I smile a lot. I tell jokes a lot. I am kind of silly sometimes. But but I'm actually, I actually am a very, very hard worker. And I, and I try very hard to get things done in, on time. And I, like, I, you know, and so, and so what do I do with that? Except, you know, there's nothing to be done with that, except if people do not see, because they may not recognize what they're seeing. They may not recognize it. Because it's like, it's like you don't really always see people like that. You know, who are... I remember um, one of my teachers when I was a kid... He, he, in front of the entire class, he looked at me and he said, what are you up to? And I, and I was sitting there and it was like, I'm like, basically nothing. And he said, because anybody who smiles as much as you do has to be up to something. And I was a very, very a very um, conscientious young person. So I don't know why you had to say that to me. But people can't conceive that if you're, they don't know what they're looking at when they see someone who's happy. <laughs> she must be high, right? I make jokes about that a lot. Because I have to tell people sometimes I'm really not drunk. I know I'm acting like I'm drunk, but I'm not. I, I haven't had anything to drink because sometimes I'm just, I'm just giddy. I'm just giddy happy. Oh. And so this all comes kind of together in the sense that it's like, why should anybody believe me? Why should anybody, like, be interested in my subject? Why should anybody, like, 
why should they? <clears throat> and anyway, so I'm like supremely excited about this this third book, you know. And there's this um I've been watching this um this show. I get hooked sometimes on these on these um Netflix series. Like dang it all. And I've been watching this show called Valeria. Uh and it's a it's a it's from um Madrid. It's from Spain. Like a like a Spanish Spain um uh series and and she it's about these four friends and she's a writer and so I've been having a lot of fun like basically in some ways living vicariously through her but her subject matter she's writing novels and um but she talks about imposter syndrome which is you know something that I that I do go through sometimes like is everything that I do just crap and I'm trying to make it a treasure you know (laughs) is that why it's not selling because it's just rubbish I mean maybe I don't know I don't know we'll see but I just think that it is super interesting that right now, like what I see a lot of times is, is, um, people who, you know, we, we are being told that to become successful, you have to, you have to sell people that you have something that they want you you have something that they want so that they will buy it. And so this this girl who didn't sell the Girl Scout cookies, you know, but I do believe in this idea, but I'm not going to also shove it down someone's throat. I'm not. I mean, my hope would be that there would be, you know, actually a million kind of put that term out again because I think it's so interesting you know like on the planet there are you know what seven billion people and like even in Phoenix and that in the city this in Phoenix and the surrounding city you know I don't know I guess it's more like five million but um I thought at one point it was around 10 let's just say the population of Arizona being 10 million people. Of just Arizona. I mean, when you think about it that way, 1 million really isn't that many with the total population of the world. But if I could find 1 million people who are interested... So I was doing the math today. (laughs) Just having fun. So I was like, okay, so... If I if I if I sold something for three cents a piece, and I sold a million of them, I would make three hundred thousand dollars. 
But if I sold um, one decimal over, right? If I if I sold a million things at three dollars a piece, I would make three million dollars. That would be nice. So I saw only a million dollars, million people being interested. And I, you know, <laughs> I think that's possible. I think that is possible. I think that is possible. I'm just not sure. I mean, is it probable? I'm laughing. I think it's possible and probable. I do. I think so. You know, in a in a story in a in somebody's life that was so paranormal and so strange and so I think it is probable that a million people might be interested in it. Huh. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate y'all listening. Who knows what I'm going to do next? I certainly don't. (laughs) I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.